Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Can you stop breathing in my ear? No. You guys, this is kind of stupid. Are you sure you didn't see like a raccoon or like a possum? There! Is that a free-floating metal muncher? Definitely class five. Okay, uh, what do we do? Let's get off. What? Let me get a photo first. a gunner seat? and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we review the revival sequel that does things better than the last two sequel revival attempts that passes the torch while combining just enough nostalgia to make it interesting. Starring Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolford, and McKenna Grace, it's 2021's Ghostbusters Afterlife. But first, he's the hormonal teen who failed his driving test three times. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Well, I mean, I lived in New York, so I really didn't I didn't have a need for a driver's license. Hey, people in New York drive too. Well, it's just so much easier to take the bus or my <laughs> scooter. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. All right, Rob, you got any news for us this week? Um yeah. Do you have any yeah. sci-fi news for us this week? I do. Okay. Well, as long as it's sci-fi and not superhero news, it's science. Is is that close enough? I, I'll accept that. Perfect. All right. So, uh, first one is uh, they had to shut down the set of uh, Black Panther two until the uh, beginning of the year um, because uh, Letitia Wright suffered an injury um, back in August. She suffered an injury, and they're all like, oh, she's fine, she's fine. Uh, she plays Shuri on Black Panther. Um, and uh, it was released earlier in the week that uh, they'd be lying. They'd be lying. Um, she has a critical shoulder fracture and a concussion with uh, severe side effects. So I don't think that's minor injuries. That's kind of major. Wait, what happened? Uh, she... She got hurt while performing a stunt during filming. Um, and so they paused production for a little while, said it was a minor injury. But, and this was this happened, yeah. No, I got, I got that, but what, what yeah. stunt? I they're not saying it's uh, for you know, a stunt for Black Panther 2. Okay, I thought you she know, had science so, news for me. Well, I do, I, I do, but I thought it'd be more entertaining to throw in the superhero news, even though I, I said it was science. Hate you. Why do you do this to me? What did I? What have I ever done to you to to make it to where I deserve this kind of fucking abuse? 
you refused to do a limerick on my show. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. See? See? That's all it takes. Um. Anyway, so they shut it down till the first of the year because apparently, um, yeah, apparently they hurt. Uh, so while she was, uh, while she was trying to recuperate, um, they've been filming whatever scenes they could do without her. Uh, and now they're at the point where they need to film some scenes with her. So, and she's still not better. Uh, so they shut down till the first of the year. Okay. Which hopefully, hopefully that uh, doesn't affect their November 11, 2022 release. Uh, that gives them, they've still got a lot of time, but, you know, I don't know how long it takes for post-production and CGI and all that fun stuff, you know? Yeah, neither do I. I, w- yeah, I would imagine I've, it takes some time. Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, is it a year? Is it six months? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure they're working on some of that stuff as they're filming as well. But. Well, yeah, yeah, I would, I would assume so. I mean, the wall of text during the credits would lead you to believe that they've got a large group working on it. But all right, what else I, you got? Um, science news. Uh, so this was just released. Uh, there was a paper published in Nature, um, back on November seventeenth. So last week, um, well, early last week, uh, that uh, researchers have successfully used iodine to power a space satellite. Oh, this is um, the, uh, yeah, this is the electric engine satellite? Yeah, 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 the electric, instead of using solid fuel or or uh, some, other, some other combustible propellant, um, they did. Uh, they tried to use uh, uh, iodine um, and use, uh, using electric propulsion. Now, this is to do like, and this was over at the European Space Agency. Um, this is used to do uh, altitude corrections or uh, tiny rem- maneuvers to um, get out of the way of debris or something like that. Right. Um, not not like. Deep space propellant, I guess, but I guess with some more research, they could use it for deep space type satellites. Um, you know, because the idea is once you get going, you're you're kind of going, right? You don't, right? Yeah, as long as you don't to need to slowing down. Yeah, as long as you don't yeah. need to slow down quickly, you're you're fine. You could just yeah, you build up speed over a long period of time and right. Uh, yeah. So so and this is kind of cool. Um, this is good because. Uh, the implications of this is that uh, right now their current the current propellant of choice is xenon um, or krypton has been used as well xenon is found in trace amounts on the planet it's not very widely you are uh, widely available um, so eventually it's going to like run out um, and uh uh, iodine is, you know, everywhere, apparently. You know, you can make iodine relatively easy. It's a much more abundant element, yes. Correct, correct. Yeah, so um, they're excited about that. Uh, they used um, they used iodine on a, back, back in 2020, uh, November of 2020, uh, Thrust Me is the, uh, which... 
When I first read that, I was like, <laughs> "Wait, wow. I think I own this domain." <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I first read that, I was like, "Holy shit! Did this article just take a <laughs> take a one eighty? I don't know." <laughs> but it's uh, it's this uh, company called Thrust Me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, it's a it's a French space firm. So of pair, course it uh, is. Of course it is. Why not? Um, they were using they used it on a 44 pound uh, satellite and uh, had very good results from it and um, are looking to expand that and maybe try to use it do it on a heavier satellite I guess and um, uh, and see how that goes. Um, so I don't know I thought it was kind of cool they they're coming up with something different. Yeah next is uh, warp speed right? Right, right, yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. the it's the next step in the evolution. Yeah, it is uh, iodine warp warp speed. Iodine to warp speed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What and else you got? That's uh, that's it. I've got something else. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife related. Well, um, let us hear it. So, it was, uh, and I didn't realize this. Gozer was played by Olivia Wilde. Oh no! Shit. Yeah, she she took an uncredited role and played Gozer. I thought that Gozer the Gozerian. So I thought that was kind of interesting that it popped up on my news feed uh, that she was in Afterlife. And I'm like, wait, what? No, she wasn't. I didn't see her. Well, she's the one that played Gozer the Gozerian, which was kind of amazing because it looked really similar to... yes. The original actress. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job of mimicking the. I mean, yeah. the the clothing and the costuming and the makeup mm-hmm. uh, of the original. So, but we'll let's, get into let's that. not. Yeah, let's not dwell on that. I mean, uh, we have a pod crawl to listen to first. We do and, have a pod crawl to listen to, but let's uh, let's hear uh, let's hear a commercial from uh, one of the other podcasts on the uh, CBC Co-op, shall we? If we must, I think we must. We must. We shall. Let's do it. Psst. Excuse us. We've been trying to reach you about your life's traumatic experiences. No, no. Don't hit fast forward. We come in peace. I'm Jamie. And I'm Steph. And we're the hosts of the Stay Wild Trauma Child podcast. We are two best friends who are openly sharing their healing journeys while navigating sudden loss, parenthood, relationships, mental health, and so much more. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and join us every other Tuesday night for some hard truths, a whole lot of laughs, and maybe even a little bit of healing. We will shut up now and let you get back to your show. Stay wild, future trauma child. All right. So uh, that was interesting and or entertaining. Yeah. Check uh, check them out. Definitely go at, check them out at creativebraincandy.com. Yes. All right. Them. Who's ready for a pod crawl? The, them. Yeah, sure. Let's do it, I <laughs> Let's guess. Let's do this. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod the pod crawl pod crawl pod crawl pod crawl excellent insert it deep pod crawl kind of like a space suppository full of information it's been almost 40 years and egon has lost his mind he emptied out his ghostbuster locker along with the ghostbuster mobile and a bunch of other licensed ghostbuster merch and moved to oklahoma proving he's legally insane now known as the dirt farmer egon is still busting ghosts and has bagged one, but while taking it back to the dirt farm, the ghost's jealous boyfriend follows him home. Egon anticipates this, and has a trap set, however the best laid plans of Egon's 
and men end up killing Egon after his trap misfires, and the ghost has its revenge. Egon did manage to hide the trap in the floorboards before meeting his demise. Flash forward to New York, it turns out Egon got busy at least once in his life as his daughter Callie, and her two children, Phoebe and Trevor, are being evicted from their apartment right after she finds out her estranged dad has died and left her the farm. With no other place to live, they make the road trip to Oklahoma, more victims of the giant sucking vortex that is the Sinner State. They arrive to a house that is two minutes from collapsing under its own weight on a farm that does indeed grow only dirt. Settling into their life of misery, Trevor grabs a gerb at the local burger joint to get closer to a new crush and Phoebe befriends the awkward love child of James and Rob called Podcast. No, seriously, Podcast. They get acquainted with summer school teacher, geologist Gary, and show him the trap when they find out he's a huge Ghostbusters fanboy. He rigs it up to a couple of school buses and opens the trap, releasing the ghost Egon caught. Later, while exploring, Phoebe finds her grandfather's secret bat cave where he did all his Ghostbuster stuff, and with the help of the ghost of Egon, she fixes a proton pack. Phoebe and Trevor take it to an abandoned factory, where they destroy an old tree stump, and then conveniently hear some strange noises coming from the factory building. Inside, they meet the new Slimer, a caterpillar-looking ghost who likes to eat metal and spit nails like some type of nightmare drill sergeant. They chase him for a bit, try to trap him, but it gets away. As they head home, Trevor has revived Ecto-1 and is taking a joy ride. He almost kills Phoebe and Podcast as they reach the dirt farm, and they tell him they all need to play Ghostbuster for the afternoon and capture the Muncher ghost. They all drive into town, find Muncher, and then proceed to wreck the small town as they chase the metal-chewing larva phantom out of town. Phoebe manages to proton lasso the specter and Podcast uses an RC trap to capture it. They then get immediately arrested for massive property damage and thrown in jail. Callie and Gary interrupt their nascent date to bail the kids out and then head home. Gary heads to grab some ice cream and then gets possessed by a hellhound to become the new keymaster. Phoebe calls Ray at his bookstore who tells her that Egon left with all their stuff, convinced that Gozer was going to come back. Callie finds Egon's secret man cave and realizes that her dad really did care after he finds a shrine to her honor. She then gets possessed by the other hellhound to become the gatekeeper. While the kids are heading to the old abandoned mine to check things out, Gary unlocks Callie's gate, and they head to the mine. The kids discover Egon's spirit puke suppression system, and the tomb of Lennon's brother, and head back to the dirt farm to figure things out. Keymaster Gary destroys the vomit cork, and an unholy skybeam appears. The kids figure out Egon's plan, and head back to the mine to bust some ghosts. They meet Gozer, and after some really bad dad jokes, they disrupt Gozer's plans by relieving Callie from her gatekeeper duties by trapping the hellhound possessing her. They bolt back to the farm to spring the trap, but it fails to go off again, and Gozer gets the upper hand. Just as Gozer is about to toast the new Ghostbusters, the old Ghostbusters show up and show just how old they are as they have their asses handed to them. But by literally handing over the proton pack from one generation to the next, they manage to trap Gozer with the power of grain elevators and save the day. Peter, Ray and Winston say their goodbyes to Egon, Callie gets the hug she's missed for almost 30 years, and Roll Winston lovingly stroking Ecto-1 back in the New York Firehouse post-credits foreshadowing the sequel they don't need to make, credits. Alright, Ghostbusters Afterlife 2021, it's been about 30 years in the making, almost almost 40 since the original. First impressions, what'd you think? Um, This seemed very, very familiar. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it did kind of march to the same beat as the first one, didn't it? Yeah, um, I like this one better than Ghostbusters Two. Oh, by um, far. 
Um, I would have been okay with this being made instead of Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> I think a lot of people would have, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was... I thought it was good overall. Yeah, uh, I did very, too. Very, very, um, yeah, very repeat. Yeah, and I, I think that was probably intentional. So I, I think they were trying to kind of do both a, a a sequel revival type thing where they were they were trying to kind of pass the torch on to the next generation uh, while still keeping the thematic qualities and and kind of the the spirit of the original intact right um it did it did follow along the the same kind of overall plot line of the first one in yeah. terms of the sequences that that led up to uh the finale but it also kind of carried on the story of the first one um in in that it was it was truly a sequel i mean it was a continuation of the first movie, the yeah. events, the events were tied yeah. together, but this was uh, kind of the the culmination of the first two movies. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I didn't hate, I didn't hate it, um, I, but it was very, it was very repeat, uh, uh, re- repetitive. I mean. It was kind of like, oh, okay, you know. Now, at first, you don't really notice it until, spoiler, Gozer. Then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're bringing back Gozer. Oh, so it it, it they brought out, back Gozer. Okay, well, they, they kind of expanded on the mythology, right? So they right. they yeah. they kind of touched on a lot of the points that were made in the first movie. Uh, the guy that or the architect that designed the building where Gozer manifested the first time, they made. Uh, they made he had references. Bought the whole place. Yeah, yeah, he had he had bought, bought and town. built the whole place, and he built it with the beams that they ended up mining the ore from this this mine in Oklahoma, and it was um, oh selenium. My God. Yeah, selenium. So these were uh, selenium alloy beams that they used in the building in New York, and the whole reason it turns out that the guy used these selenium beams was to bring about Gozer. Well. It it turned out that the Ghostbusters, you know, thwarted that that uh, uh, that plan the first time, and so he had, I guess, made a backup plan in Oklahoma itself in the mind that he dug up all the selenium for for these beams you, and and created a temple in Oklahoma to kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Do you think this was a backup plan originally, or did this happen after? After New York, no, this would have been before because he was he he had died long before New York, right? I, I think don't, it, I, don't I think remember it, what the tomb said uh, or the thing on his sarcophagus thing. I don't know what it said. Yeah, I, I want to say that was probably around the turn of the century. So it would have been probably nineteen hundred uh, nineteen twenty. Okay. I've only seen the movie once, and it was in the theaters, and so I, I may I may have my facts a little off on this. Yeah, I don't I don't recall when it said he died. I thought it said the forties, but it may have been the forties. It may have been late as late as the forties, but it definitely wasn't in the eighties. No. So this this the shrine or the temple that he built in Oklahoma would have been predated. Uh, would have predated the the building, I think, 
Well, not necessarily. If he built the if he built the building in New York around the I guess the 1920s or 1940s or or whenever it was built, um, because he had the selenium beams. So the the building and the and the temple probably came up around the same time. Yeah, maybe. And it just well, it wasn't. The, well, they said that it wasn't a temp, uh, at first. Those things just showed up the the carvings and all that kind of stuff. But that's what. Well, okay, that's what podcast said. Yeah, that that's what podcast said, but. That's also why they yeah. abandoned the mine too, right? It's because people they, were dying. They saw that and people started dying and I'm pretty sure that he had created that or, and and there may have been some, you know, kind of uh, drift in the mythology too, where the, the people that were mining or, or he had artisans that were building that while the mine was active and then people started dying and then they abandoned the mine because... Either they didn't need it anymore, or you couldn't find anybody to work it anymore. Um, yeah, who knows? They're yeah. not they're not super specific in the mythology. No, in they're this not. movie, so they they kind of laid the over overarching groundwork and then moved on. But no, I thought I thought it was a I thought it was a fine line that they walked between bringing in the the old aspects and and kind of expanding on the mythology a bit, yeah. as well as. Um, they didn't overdo the nostalgia for the most part. I mean, they did. There were there were a few scenes that that kind of were a little bit heavy on the nostalgia part for me, but it, it wasn't like it wasn't what? distracting. Like the like, uh, the the end scene uh, when the original three living Ghostbusters uh, showed up. That was a little bit heavy on the on the nostalgia there. Um, well, I mean, I I kind of I saw it coming because they've been promoting it like crazy. No, no, no. I I knew that it was you coming. Know? I knew that uh, um, Peter Ray and and Winston were going to make a cameo appearance. I didn't expect yeah. it to be as large of a cameo appearance. I thought it would be you know phone calls like what she did with Ray at the occult bookstore. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a really nice tribute that they did for Harold Ramis. Um, mm-hmm. They used some archival footage uh, with some CGI to kind of overlay him into the movie. Um, and and so Egon had a, a role in the movie as well. So I thought that was a really nice yeah. and really well done kind of homage to, to Harold Ramis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he died in uh, 2014. So... Uh, wow, was it was, that long ago? Yeah, yeah. I looked it up because I was curious. I, I I was curious. I I couldn't remember. <clears throat> excuse me. Couldn't remember whether or not it was. Uh, uh, if they this was already on the, on the docket, you know, so to speak, before he passed away, um, or if it was just kind of, uh, you know, if it was done after the fact. So so I was kind of curious. Um, but yeah, he died in February of, uh, 2014. So depending on when this thing, um, I, I can't, I can't imagine that this thing was thought about that far back. No, I think this was a pretty recent, uh, production for this. I don't, I think around the same time that the 2016 version came out, they were discussing or, or writing this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't. It didn't get revealed until 2019. So, which and I heard a, um, I heard on an interview 
uh, that McKenna, McKenna Grace, is that her name? Yeah. The, the girl. Yeah. Phoebe. Um, Phoebe, um, she, that she did that. They, they filmed this. They were done filming way back in, uh, at the end of 2019. Well, like, that makes sense is, because she yeah. looks a lot younger in this movie than she does yeah, now. Yeah, this has so. been yeah, this has been done for a while. It just because of because of uh, COVID, they didn't they kept pushing it, right? You know, so now one of the uh, one of one of the other nostalgia points that I, I didn't really I thought it was a little little much was when they brought Janine in. I didn't really understand why they. I mean, I I know that. She was a somewhat popular supporting character in the in the first couple movies, um, but I, she didn't really play, play a purpose in this movie well, other than I, to you know. I saw her. I saw her. You know, she was the secretary and answered the phones and everything like that um, originally. So I just kind of right and and chalked she it up a, to she was still she was still taking care of you know Egon. Well, kind of, but I mean, yeah. so she had the she had the crush on Egon in the first one, right? Right. But then they pivoted in the second one, and she went right. after what's his face, the accountant, Lewis. Lewis. Yep. Yeah, she, she, her, and Lewis got hot and heavy. So you just kind of figure that, you know, her and Egon, you know, were were done. I thought, based on the trailers that I saw, that it ended up her and Egon got back together later on, and that you know she was. Uh, she was. She you know, had Egon, kids, or whatever. Yeah, she yeah. and Egon had kids, and this this was their kids' story. But right. it did, it didn't turn out that way. Um, she was basically just you know his bookkeeper for a little bit, um, and kind of paid his bills while he did other shit. And I don't even know where she did that from. I, I can't imagine she moved to Oklahoma with him, so she was probably in New York. So then she drove to Oklahoma to give the keys over to. Uh, Callie, I don't like. I yeah, I don't know. it, it, it yeah. didn't make it didn't make a lot of sense for Janine to be in this movie. I understand right. that they wanted to include her; she was a popular they supporting character. Yeah. But it, it it felt shoehorned in to me. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge, um, there was movement to create a sequel back in two thousand four, and then it kind of stalled. And then got picked up again in August of 2011. Um, there was plans. Aykroyd said that there was plans to begin filming later that year. Um, Ivan Reitman was already on board back in 2010. Um, and they had pretty much gotten everybody uh, set up. Um, and then by 2013, they were getting ready to start doing stuff. And... I guess, and then when Harold died, they kind of paused again. Wow. So, okay. So it, it so it it been in the works. So I mean, I think it was always there was always the plan of them for passing the buck type of deal. Well, and there know. was some there was some animosity between um, Bill Murray and, and Harold Ramis for a while too. They right. weren't yeah. they weren't exactly on speaking terms for for quite a while. So I wonder yeah. how much that played into it. Yeah, because I mean, well, you really can't. And Murray have it doesn't like. Yeah, yeah. Well, they 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 can reconciled before yeah. Ramus's death. So, yeah. like, uh, I think when Ramus got sick is what I saw in a documentary is when Ramus 
got sick that you know they had they'd kind of reconciled and and buried the hatchet but you can't have a ghostbusters movie without all four of them in it right it just doesn't make sense and so if they weren't really on speaking terms back in 2004 whenever they were doing this originally i can see the delay in that yeah and and uh murray was kind of the holdout anyway uh because he stated that he dislikes sequels you know so he doesn't like doing sequels well but he did ghostbusters too I know, right? Well, that, that was back. That was back when he just he was looking for that that buck. <laughs> that sweet, now, sweet paycheck. Yeah. Now, now he could be a little. Now he's an artist. Yeah, artiste. <laughs> right. Learned from uh, Dana, right? And don't get me wrong, I love Bill Murray and and most of the stuff that he's done. He's done. He's a, he's a great actor. He's a great comedic actor. Um, I think he does some pretty good dramas too. So, um, but. Yeah, the the fact that he says I don't do sequels, and he did Ghostbusters too, which was an awful sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe yeah, that's that, what turned that's... him off of sequels. Well, maybe that. it might. Yeah, be he that. goes, "I'll screw this. I'm not doing it ever again." Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think what other sequels he's done. I... Was he in the second Caddyshack? I don't think he was. Let's look. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Research on the fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, got to find his filmography. There it is. Um, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two. Um, no, I don't see him in. So he's just in Caddyshack. He wasn't. In, I can't remember. Yeah, Caddyshack no, 80, two. That yeah, much. eighty was Caddyshack. Yep. Nothing. Nothing about Caddyshack two. Yeah, so I'm tr- I'm trying to think. I don't think I've seen him in a sequel other than Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two. No, not a single one. I don't. Uh, okay, so apparently he was in Ghostbusters the 2016. Yeah, he had a cameo in that, but he wasn't playing Peter Venkman. Oh yeah, he was playing Martin Heise. Right. Oh. Oh no! Uh, he did. He did do a Zombie Land Double Tap. Uh, did he? Yeah. He well, he played himself. Like I guess they just brought him up one last time, and then he. I think he came back as a zombie because they they shot him. I think in the first one. Well, yeah. He, and then and then he came back. I think in the second one as an actual zombie. Oh, okay. So, uh, but yeah, but how did that look, happen? Because I thought. You had to be bitten to become to come I, back I as a zombie. Look, I don't know. I don't know why they brought him back. It, it was a cameo. Yeah, it says was, it as himself. Um, well, he played himself in the first one too. Yeah, it's been a little while since I watched that one. Yeah, I don't see anything. Double Tap was fun. That's another sequel that. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. So. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, that's right. Bill Murray was being interviewed. Um, it was a cameo in the uh, final credits or the mid credit scene. Uh, Bill Murray was being interviewed by Al Roker, and then everybody got eaten when the zombies. Oh, apocalypse started. that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, and I knew. Was... I knew there was something zombie related in there. I just right. couldn't. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So it was like a little. I wouldn't even call that a sequel for him. Yeah. Was that was that thing. was just a post credits cameo. That. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he he stayed true to his word. He didn't do anything after Ghostbusters two. I guess so. Okay. In terms of uh, second 
uh, second ones. I mean, hell, he didn't even do uh, Charlie's Angels too. You know, they brought in uh, what's his face, Patrick um, Stewart. Yeah, no, not not for Charlie's Angels, not Patrick. Oh Stewart. no, 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 I'm thinking uh, Bernie Mac. Yeah, what was what did? No, Patrick Stewart was in one of the Charlie's Angels, wasn't he? I he was he played Charlie, didn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't he the voice? Right. Yeah, I thought yeah. Bill Murray played. Oh no, no, he played Bosley. Bosley. He yeah, was Bill Bosley. Murray that's right. Played that's Bosley, right, that's right, that's which right. got okay. replaced by Bernie Mac. That's right. Okay, yeah. it's been a long time since I've watched those awful movies. Yeah, good thing they're not sci-fi. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. All right. They, so, uh, uh, what did you think of the graphics in this one? Uh, so, they were a lot better. They were a, a lot little, better. A lot better. Did you notice that the ghosts, especially when the ghosts uh, escaped and stuff, that they kept kind of that same uh, aesthetic where yeah. you, you can kind of see the, the blue screen uh, halo around them like yeah, they did in yeah. the first couple movies? Yeah, they kept that. Um, they They kept, so while they did a better job with the dogs, um, it was still... Um, it was still rigid enough that it looked like the stop motion or whatever, yeah. motion capture, or whatever they ended up doing in the first first one. Yeah. Um, at times, it looked like that, uh, which I didn't mind because overall, I mean, it was they were better graphics. They were the, better CG. Yeah, there, there was there were better effects in this, and I think yeah. they still kept a lot of practical effects, which I I really think helped. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I I liked the I liked the set design. I liked the graphics. I thought they did really good. I what about the music? Do you enjoy the music? I don't. This? I don't remember any of the music. I don't remember a lot of it either. Mm-mm, I don't. In fact, they uh, only played. Okay, the, the only thing I, re- I okay the only thing that I remember and, and and this was the biggest bitch that I had in the second one. <laughs> they brought back the original Ghostbusters song, so I was happy about that. Uh huh. You know, they brought back that original um, credit. Yeah. So, so they, I was did, all... they did. They did play the original yeah. Ghostbusters song at the end. Yeah. Which um, I was fine with. Which was fine. Yeah. That's what you remember. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the the music was good. I did remember uh, some aspects of the music. I thought I thought the uh, music enhanced the tone. Um, it wasn't distracting, uh, but it was noticeable. I, I did notice uh, some of the some of the music in the in the movie, so I thought that was pretty good too. Yeah, a lot the, of it was scored stuff. It wasn't uh, right, right. Uh, it wasn't actual songs uh, that were played by you know played by artists or whatever, like on the radio. What would you call that? I guess recording artists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By recording artists, yeah. And I thought the story played well. Um, yeah, it was. There was a decent premise to get them to Oklahoma. Why they based it in Oklahoma, I don't know, but um, the idea I and I was doing this while you were talking about something uh, when I was looking up when this started. Uh, the idea was they wanted to get them out of New York uh, to so that it was a different background or a backdrop. Uh, sure, I get that, but why so that, Oklahoma? I oh why why did they choose that midwestern state? Yeah, I don't I don't know, um, because there's it was they could have chosen Oklahoma, Kansas, or Nebraska because there's like a whole lot of nothing in that area. Perfect. Right? So go for and, Kansas or Nebraska. Well, no, because then 
Because then, they, see, they already knew this. If they would have gone with like Kansas or Nebraska, there's a lot of corn there. And they were going to get all those freaky deaky guys from Iowa watching it, <laughs> thinking it was something else. You know? So they moved it south into Oklahoma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that way they get all the cross-Canadian ragweed uh, um, uh, fans. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Yeah. So, um yeah, I thought the I thought the story elements were were good. I thought that uh Paul Rudd, who is 2021's sexiest man alive. Yes, he uh, is. had <laughs> had a, a really good chemistry with uh Carrie Coons. Yeah. Um I thought they they played off of each other well. I thought Carrie Coons was a a good choice for the mom in this. Um yeah. did a pretty good job. The casting was was really good. Finn Wolford um, I mean, he's uh, he's a lot different than whenever I first saw him in Stranger Things. Um, he's eventually gonna grow into to his nose and ears at some point. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but I thought he did a, an okay job playing the the awkward teenager. Um, I thought Grace McKenna was was an excellent job playing the new Egon because that's basically what she was. Yeah, she was the the new Egon. Um, well, I mean, they had they had one of everything, right? So you had Grace as as Egon. Um, you had your you had your obligatory black person, right? Um, uh, they just gender swapped it again. Uh, and then uh, you've got uh, Podcast, who I would say was more along the Ray yeah, sort of that would basically That would definitely be the Ray analog, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you had uh, Wolf, uh, whatever his name is. Uh, Finn, Finn Wolford, yeah. Yeah, Finn Wolford, uh, uh, who was, I wouldn't say that he was a Bill Murray, but he kind of took that spot. You know, I you know he was he didn't have the cavalier, you know everything's a joke type of aspect. Actually, but. I think that he would have been more of the Winston character, and Lucky okay. would have been more of the Peter character. Okay, okay. just yeah. just just based yeah, off yeah, of yeah. their personalities. Personalities, yes, yes, yeah. but but you know you had to. Well, no, I guess nothing says that the Winston analog had had to be a a, a person of color, huh? Right. Yeah. But but they did have to make sure they had one in there. Sure. Cuz cuz it was like a parallel. That was that was the thing, you know, I'm like when I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and it's getting there, I'm like, "Man, this is familiar." And then <laughs> and then it started hitting on me. I'm like cuz at first, you know, it was it was podcast and and uh and uh Phoebe, and I'm like, "Okay, so it's only a couple of them doing Ghostbusting now." Okay, I'm okay with that. All right. All right. Oh, they're bringing in Paul Rudd. Okay. So he's going to be part of the part of the group, you know, because he was a super fan. And no, he's Lewis. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's he's basically Lewis. He's the comic like, relief. Yeah, and I'm like, but but at that point, I'm I'm thinking, okay, they're bringing in a bringing in a guy because you know they started the whole thing, you know, they released the dude and everything, and I'm like, okay, so there's our new Ghostbuster team. We got an older guy. Uh, somebody needs to drive the car, right? So, uh, and then we got the other two, and then it just started moving from there and i'm like oh holy shit what what really got me is when and i kid you not during the movie 
when they're going and they're doing their stuff and I'm like, what the hell is Lucky here for? She doesn't do anything. And then it dawned me, I'm like, oh my God, it's the obligatory black person. It's Winston all over again. Right. He's just there. She's just there to be there, you know? And I'm like, they just they just did parallels. And and that's when it really hit me. I'm like, oh, geez. And then, and then they bring up Gozer. Um, you know, at first I was thinking it was going to be something else, but then they actually, you know, when they were starting to do the research and they saw Gozer, I was like, oh, Dang it! This is like all over again. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they were paralleling the the yes. first movie, and yeah. I, I think it worked. I mean, yeah, like yeah. I said, I'm not. A, I wasn't against it. There was some there was some nostalgia heavy moments, and I think they walked that line. I don't think they crossed it more than once, maybe twice, um, in in going a little bit overboard on the nostalgia. But I think uh, I think they they did enough to bring old fans in and entertain them as well as do enough to modernize it to bring in new fans. Right, right, and I. I think I think the thing with Harold was just enough, um, right? Right. I, I liked I liked how they did it, uh, how they had it at the beginning. Like I I knew it was I knew it was Egon. Yeah, from, yeah. You could definitely tell right. just by the silhouette that it was Egon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, that's Egon. But then they never show him or anything like that, and it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting because I knew he was dead. And I'm like. Okay, so they're just bringing them in like that. And then they did the CG thing. I'm like, oh, now that, that's smooth. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, that that's, I knew it was CG, but it looked good. Well, and but like, it, it wasn't. It was archival footage that they overlaid. Was yeah. Was all of that archival? Almost all of it, yeah. Okay. Almost all and of then, it was, uh, was done and then through they just, photos and, and archival video that they opened. Right. Yeah. And then they just doctored it up to make them look a little older and and what yep. have you. Yep. And give them a beard and everything. Yep. Because, yeah, uh, spoiler, Harold was a big old boy when he got yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, he found Twinkies in his older age. Yeah. <laughs> he found some Twinkies for sure. Um, you know, so I, I liked it. It, it I, I wouldn't say I teared up but it did get me a little bit you know when they were all four of the old guys were standing there yeah i got you a little uh, with in the, the feels yeah i got a little feely there and i was like oh no that's cool that they did that right you know it, it was more of a okay they they were they did right by him you know yeah and I, and i really liked the goodbyes that each of the original ghostbusters got to to see or tell yeah. them or or you yeah know, they, they got to say their goodbyes kind of through the movie and um you know of course uh, Callie gets to say goodbye to the dad that she never really got to know uh, because and he, hug him, yeah, and hug him and and because he left when she was young to to kind of suppress this uh, this evil that was was trying to come in the world and nobody was going to believe him. That's probably why he didn't tell anybody. So yeah, yeah, but you would have thought after you know suppressing it the first couple times or whatever. People would have started to believe him, at least his his old friends, his old co-workers. Yeah, maybe, you know? yeah. I mean, because I mean, he had a whole elaborate suppression mechanism set up. You would have, you would have thought that he could have reached out to at least Ray, and Ray oh, yeah. would have would have believed him and maybe. Well, come it sounded to like help, Ray but, was a little pissed off because right, he because stole he, everything. He left. I mean, the Ghostbusters apparently ghosts were waning in New York 
after the events of Ghostbusters 2. And so they well, weren't, yeah. they didn't the, have a lot of work. They were financially strapped. Um, and so then when Egon just kind of up and left with, you know, the majority of their equipment and left them, left them, you know, hanging in the wind, then, you know, that, that probably kind of fucked them up. It was interesting yeah. to see that, that Peter and Winston both went on to really successful careers and Ray just had his bookshop. Yeah. His occult bookshop. Yeah. He never got out of, he never, he never moved on. I don't think. In fact, Winston was paying his rent. Uh, yeah. Do you think he knew that? Uh, I figured, yeah, I think he probably knew that. I mean, that, in who my, else in would my be head, paying his rent? Well, see, see, I was thinking maybe Winston bought the building under uh, uh, a different subsidiary or something like that. And then, um, you know, Ray would pay the rent, supposedly. But he wouldn't cash it or anything. Well, I don't know. You'd figure it out by then. Yeah. I don't know. know. So there there was an inconsistency that I caught based on the post credit scenes. Did you catch it? Uh, Oh, the the fact that that building was, uh, the firehouse was bought and then transferred or uh, converted into something else. Right, yeah. So and Ray then he said, gets back and it's still there. Right. Ray said that in his uh, conversation with Phoebe, he said that, you know, the, the firehouse wasn't there anymore. It was now a Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the post credit scene, Winston comes into the firehouse and there's Ecto-1 because they showed that driving. They showed dr- Ecto-1 driving um, into in New, New York, York across yeah. or into Manhattan across one of the bridges uh, at the end of the credits. And uh mm-hmm. And so then Maybe, Winston walks in and um, then lovingly strokes uh, mm-hmm. Ecto-1 like he was going to rebuild it. So Yeah, well, uh, maybe the Starbucks was in the office portion. Above? That, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, the office was up above it. Yeah. It? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. At that point, you're supposed to have left. <laughs> Because that was a big credits, right? Oh, our whole theater was gone by the time the uh, end credits showed up. Oh, no shit? Yeah. Yeah, it was just us. Us and I, there was one other group in there. Yeah, most everybody stayed in ours, so. Yeah. It was interesting. All right. Yeah. I have, oh, I do have one quabble. One quabble, all right. Go one, for one, it. One, one quabble. There is no way in hell that that RC trap would have kept up and stayed in front of that car. That's not true. RC you cars so? can go fast. For that long? Uh, that's that's my thing is is I mean they were uh, it, miles, right? So they started in town. Yeah, that's true. So it, it may not have been all able to the way. it may not have had the battery power to although yeah. you know their proton packs are based <laughs> off a nuclear power, so maybe the RC car was too. It's it's powered by the <laughs> souls of the damned. Maybe, yeah. No, I mean RC cars. It, it would have been able to keep up with the car, I think, as long well, as the yeah. car wasn't doing just you know a, like a bat out of hell. But yeah, you're right. The battery, if it was just running off of a conventional like rechargeable yeah. battery, I don't think it would have had, a, had the legs that they showed. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my biggest thing was it was like, man, that thing is going forever. And it, you know, eventually it ends up back in the car. It's like, okay, recharge time. But right. then, then, um, oh, and I had a question for you. Stay puff. Uh huh. 
Did you like him? It was funny. It was. I, th- I think it was a. I think it was a nice little light break. Yeah. Um, in the middle of the movie before it really got serious. Yeah. Uh, I think Paul Rudd played that pretty well, and it was. <laughs> it was one of those things where it started out real cute and then it got real fucking dark and disturbing <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Very fast. Yes. It was it was a it was definite definite shock factor without, you know, relying with on jump scares or gore. Right. Although yeah. I guess you could call it somewhat it was, gore. It was it was gory. It was cute gory. <laughs> All right, you got a haiku for us this week? Uh, yes, I do. Lay it on us. This one is titled Repeat Offender. (laughs) Nostalgia movie. Have you seen Ghostbusters 1? Same movie, but kids. (laughs) Good. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it worked. All right. You got any awards this week? You know I do. Who's got your black lung? Oh, I gave it to the uh, Stay Puff Barbecue. Yeah, yeah, that one's getting mine too. The this <laughs> the Stay Puff little Stay Puff Marshmallow Man that got like torched. He got torched, and he seemed happy about it. Yeah, yeah, they were all happy to just get they, murdered. They were they were so happy to get turned into dude, that one was like tucked getting tucked into the into a s'mores. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god. Well, the one that was in the blender was smiling oh, the yeah. entire time. Whenever they, I, they they liquefied him, it was still smiling. Lick, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, these guys. That yeah, was so it was it was gruesome. Yeah. yeah so the the Stay Puft Marshmallow. Guy is getting mine as well. All right. Who's got your uh, head lush? Um, I'm going to go with Paul and Callie um, there when they went on their date. Uh-huh. It looked like they had some, they had something with an um, uh, umbrella, didn't they? Or it was some sort of t- uh, t- uh, Tahiti drink or something. I don't know. Uh, Tahiki? Tahitian? Tahitian? No. Uh, what is that? Hawaiian drink. Um, tiki. Tiki drink. Oh, okay. Because they were in some sort of like, it, it was um, it was a Chinese restaurant or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it looked like they had some sort of frou-frou drink that they were drinking. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. That, that was the only place I could think of drinking happening. Yeah, so Callie gets mine because um, towards the beginning of the movie, whenever oh, she first gets to uh, yeah. when she first gets to the farmhouse, she she really wants a, a stiff drink at, at yeah, that yeah, point. She's, she's looking for a bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, when they when they get into town, uh, her her son uh, Trevor says, "What? There's not even a bar." She goes, "There better be a bar." Yeah, so, <laughs> she's getting mine because she definitely needed a bar getting into Oklahoma. I think like yeah. everybody who's not from Oklahoma needs. So, yeah. All right. Who's got your player? Oh, I gave it to Gary putting the moves on, uh, on Cali. Um, I mean, he was trying everything he could to, to get that first date. I don't have anything to eat. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I mean, he had assistance too because once he became the key master and she became the gatekeeper, it was pretty well, much a yeah, sure thing, right? Well, yes, for that part. But I'm I'm talking pre pre all that. He was he was putting the moves on her. He was. Um, 
you know, from from the get go. And then, you know, when he brought brought uh, Phoebe home, you know, she's like, well, do you want something to eat or drink or something like that? You know, and he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, I don't have anything. And that's okay. That's fine. I just want your company. (laughs) All right. So mine's going to go to Trevor. Uh, not only did he okay. apply and get a job to to get close to the the girl that he uh, was was wanting to ask out, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, he uh, he almost froze himself to death because of his crush. Yeah. Do you think that was actually true, or do you think that um, that was hazing? What uh, having to count the hammer? Oh, that was that all. was hazing. That so? was hazing, okay. yeah. Who who right. takes inventory of of hamburger patties? Yeah, no, that was hazing. Okay. And purple hippo is getting yours. Oh, I'm giving it to I'm giving it uh, to Gary and Callie post doggos. Post doggos. Yeah, yeah. When they get done with being dogs and they're um, they're sitting there and they're kind of like, so yeah, we did a thing in the woods or in the desert you know and they were just kind of like this is weird oh yeah 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 so a little little awkward after or uh, even yeah and and or even just carry herself uh after she got turned back into human you know she uh she seemed a little out of it well but lucky yet got turned into a dog too so Mm -hmm. yeah so mine is gonna go to egon uh, because okay. not only was he kind of, you know, half insane moving to Oklahoma, even just to, to stop an evil, you kind of, you kind of almost want Oklahoma to be taken over by a, a mystical ancient evil. Um, but he, he did go and, and save Oklahoma. Um, but yeah. And then when his trap went off, he knew he was fucked. He hid the, the, the trap in the uh in in his flow floorboards hoping that somebody would be able to uh finish his job for him and then he got turned into a ghost so he became the thing that he fought for so many years so that had to have been well he was a good ghost but i mean it's it's still he 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 experienced what it was like to be the thing that that was his antithesis for so long and so uh, that that had to have been a head trip, and then he kind of helped his his family along to help them discover how to continue his legacy. So, yeah, yeah well, mine, what mine's going to go to Egon. Okay, what do you think was uh, what was that at the beginning? He, uh, I mean, we know he tra- he trapped one of the dogs. Yeah, that was the other dog. So you think it was the other dog that came in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm figuring because when Carrie or when Callie was in his uh, man cave, you saw the same mist that was uh, chasing Egon come down yeah. in the man cave and attack okay. her. So that was one of the doggos. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Final thoughts. Uh, go watch it. It's not bad. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Um, Go catch it in theaters. It's it's a great watch. It's it's a great show. It's a it's a really good uh, kind of sequel revival to the original. Um, you can really even ignore two because they don't really even bring up two no. in this one. No, there's so. there's nothing in this that has anything to do with the second one. And honestly, you probably don't even have to have watched the first one 
to not be lost. Oh yeah, yeah. It does a it does a great job of of filling in the gaps Catching for up. anybody who, yeah. who hasn't seen the first one. I mean, it's it's a self-contained story. You don't have to have previous experience with Ghostbusters to really enjoy it. Yeah. All right, so that's it for this week. Next week, we will be discussing the movie where a beautiful stranger leads computer hacker Neo to a forbidding underworld. He discovers the shocking truth. The life he knows is the elaborate deception of an evil cyber intelligence. Ooh, John Wick. Yeah, yeah, John Wick. Yeah, so (laughs) next week, we're going to start our Matrix coverage and run up to the Matrix 4 at the end of the year. So next week, we're going to discuss... 1999's The Matrix. All right. Sci-fi classic. Yeah, Jan, Jan's excited. Is she? Has she never she, seen it? She has never seen these. What and I the told her she had, fuck rock yeah. has she been living under for the last 30 years? Uh, she's Asian. Um, lived well, 20, in a very... 20 years. Very heavy Asian household that, you know, didn't watch this kind of stuff. But she will like it, even though okay. it had kung fu in it. You know, I mean, I know kung fu, right? <laughs> you would have thought that would have like just drawn the crowd. You're such an asshole. <laughs> but all right, it didn't. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Our intro and outro music is "Welcome Home" by Cambo Pod. Carl music is "Snack Mix" by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. And make sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works at creativebraincandy.com. For this week, I'm Jason. I would let Gozer have her way with me. Oh, absolutely. Especially if Olivia Wilde played him. Oh, you know it. Yeah. You know it. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.